0: Hi, what's up? This is Liz Ryan and this is the work-related podcast. We uh, talk about work topics from Tactical issues on the ground to philosophical Issues about what work should be what it can be and how to get it there We got a question about whether to stay or go at the current job how to think about that got tons of questions and if you have a question for me to answer on the podcast just send me the question at support at humanworkplace.com. That's our email address and I'll grab your question and I might answer on an upcoming podcast. So that'd be fun. I'd love to answer your question. So just send it to me. But before we talk about whether to stay or go, I wanna mention another topic. You know what? I get a lot of inquiries from uh, folks who write for the media or produce other kinds of media about workplace topics because I've been writing about them for a thousand years and one of the things that's going on right now is that uh, there are terms out there uh, trendy terms that are sort of created by God knows who and popularized uh, and they are not neutral they come from a philosophical place right they come from a point of view and you we heard about quiet quitting maybe a year and a half ago quiet quitting was this goofy idea that people are quiet quitting by not throwing themselves into their work. Now think about that. That's not neutral. That idea of quiet quitting, it's virtually like quitting. All you do is come to work and do your job. But if you're not 120% committed to it, then you're quiet quitting. That's so insulting and ridiculous. That term is made up, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a real thing that happens. And it comes from the side of an unhappy, fearful, Employer, frankly, I would say leader, but that person is obviously not someone we would really consider a leader They might be a high-level manager that term Comes from a place and it comes from a place of not trusting the people that you hired Now there's a new one and I got a call about this from a journalist to talk about rage interviewing Oh, please rage interviewing like I'm interviewing out of rage You know what it doesn't matter how you feel that gets you to go looking for a new job. If you're looking for a new job, then you're looking for a new job. And the idea that it's a rage thing because you were treated badly means you're acting appropriately to stimuli, right? You're reacting the way we should react. If, if you're not treated well, then you should uh, look for a new job. And that has nothing to do with rage. And what I said, and the story is somewhere. It's on LinkedIn. I'll try to find the link. Uh, was that everybody should be interviewing all the time anyway. It has nothing to do with rage. It doesn't require rage. It's prudent now. It's appropriate. It's meet and just and upright to keep an eye on the job market. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. We have a question about that. But I just want you to be aware of this bias towards scaring you, scaring you in the media. Uh, by saying, if you don't give 120% to your job, then you're quiet quitting. And if you, you know, uh, are not 100% reachable at every moment, then you're somehow failing. You're not failing. It's just really hard to get up in the morning every single day and do what you need to do. And I don't really love the idea of trying to scare people by saying, you know, you might not be doing everything that someone might expect you to do. Well, maybe that someone then doesn't deserve me in their sphere. Maybe they don't deserve to be around me. It's a different way to think about it, right? So yeah, not not, not a fan of this notion of rage interviewing. It has nothing to do with rage. How about rage firing? We're familiar with that, right? Who are we more familiar with being in a snit, irrationally, in general? Managers or employees and let's be honest I've been a manager for thousands of years. I know sometimes I was in a snit. I sometimes I was ticked off about something Irrationally got me in my fear zone Somebody said something that triggered something in me and I was like, oh Right so so interviewing when you feel that your future might lie elsewhere is not a rage thing right It's rage that gets people to go on an interview with another company, it's appropriate self-esteem and self-preservation instincts. Who could complain about employees having a self-preservation instinct when you have layoffs going on all over the place? It's very appropriate to keep an eye on the talent market. Okay, so here's the main question for the podcast today, or at least the first question. Hi Liz, not sure whether to stay at my current job or start looking. The job seems fairly secure, but who knows, and it really isn't growing my flame as you say. How do I make this decision? Marilyn. Okay, Marilyn. How do you make the decision to stay or go? It isn't, you're not making that decision right now. The time when you're going to make a decision to stay or go is when you have another offer. Okay. That's when you have to make the decision. Should I stay or should I go? You don't have to make that decision right now. The decision that you're making now is should I hope and assume that everything is going to be fine at my job forever. And sort of not think about the outside world, or should I think about the outside world and and my future? Yes, of course, you should think about your future. As I mentioned before, yes, you should look at job ads. You should browse LinkedIn profiles and see what other people do to get paid to make money. You should think about what you like to do and what you're good at. Yes, you should be doing that stuff. Absolutely. This is not a decision, luckily. Take all the pressure off you, Marilyn. It's not a decision, stay or go. The decision is, should I look at the outside world beyond my company walls? Yes, you should. Yes, you should, today, tomorrow and the next day. Keep one eye on that world because nowadays you cannot depend that your job will stay around or that if it does persist that you'll want to be there. Gotta keep an eye on the outside world. It's incredible how many people have changed jobs when they weren't planning to change jobs only because they saw a really interesting job ad or they got an outreach from a recruiter, uh, sometimes called a headhunter. Somebody reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in hearing about a different job, right? But you don't wanna just sit there and wait for the recruiters to contact you. You want to do some thinking. What do I want in my next job? What do I want that I'm not getting in this job? What do I deserve to be paid? What kind of work do i want to do and what do people who do that kind of work get paid so luckily marilyn no decision at all for you yes go and look at job ads yes go and browse other people's linkedin profiles and think about what you want in your life and in your career when the time comes when you get another job offer then you'll have a decision to make should i stay or should i go and then we'll talk again but i'll just tell you in advance of that it's gonna all be up to your trusty gut. It's gonna all be up to your trusty gut, right? Your trusty gut evolved for millennia to keep you safe. Okay, so people say, so how do I do my career differently then, Liz? It sounds like you want me to do my career differently than just staying at a job until they decide to lay me off. You want me to be more proactive. How do I do that? Okay, great question yes i do i want you to be proactive about your career the same way you would be proactive about any other aspect of your life if you have children or a child or there are children in your circle children that you're close to and and that you have influence on and they have influence on you you probably think somewhat often like am i doing everything i could be doing for this child am i doing what, what I feel called to do for this child? Am I doing what, what I think is right with respect to this child in terms of spending time with them and what we do in the time that we're together and what influence I have on them, what messages I send them, right? We take that responsibility very seriously because we know children are so precious and so important and, and we care so much about helping them, whether they are our children or someone else's children close to us. It takes a village, right? So it's the same thing. I want you to think about the way you spend your time and the way you invest your talents and the way you get paid as this sort of living thing that you care about and you want to invest in. And I don't blame you one little bit if you feel like, oh, Liz, my career is not a child to invest in or a precious little vessel. It's just I've got to get paid. All jobs suck and it doesn't matter what job I have. I don't blame you one bit if you are cynical. About work and jobs because, frankly, the system is not healthy, and the system really wants a certain number or percentage of people to be cynical and not care. It relies on that. I'll just take the job, I'll do the job because, you know, I don't believe that I can get a better job because the deck is stacked against me. Hey, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, but I believe that when you are willing to sort of put some emotional energy into it and some time and and intellectual energy into it, you can probably find a job that is closer to what you want and deserve than a job that is a million miles away from what you want and deserve and what you, what you have now. If you're not happy with what you're doing, I feel like you owe it to yourself to try to get something better. It is not a situation where all jobs automatically suck. A lot of people really like their jobs. And we can say, well, good for them, you know, yay. We can, we can have that, that posture of, you know, that has nothing to do with me. And if anything, I feel kind of resentful toward those people. We can have that posture and no one can criticize you for feeling that way if you've been knocked about and bruised by the working world. But what if you said, what, what if I did the same thing? What if I just spent some time and energy trying to find a job that supports who I am more than the job I have now? if the job you have now isn't doing that. I know, I know this can happen because I've worked for 20 years in places where people really brought themselves to work and it was a lot more fun and it was healthier, it was better for them and their families and their communities and all of us, all of us in the workplace. I'm an HR person, I believe HR has a really central role in making a workplace vibrant and exciting and human and warm and supportive. And I know that's it's a tough way to go for those folks because a lot of times they're hampered and hindered by rules and policies and a mindset that doesn't support what they're trying to do, but I would say the same thing to them. Maybe these folks don't deserve you anymore, and maybe there are other people who deserve you more. But so the question is, how do you become CEO of your career? How do you really take the reins? Here's how. Number one, think about what you want to be doing. Allow yourself to envision the job or work situation of your dreams. Not crazy unrealistic from some other planet, but in this lifetime, on this planet, what could you be doing that would really speak to you and would really uh, 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 give you something back besides a paycheck? What kind of work would that be? Where would it be? Would you be working at home? Would you be working with other people in some kind of a building or somewhere else, right? What would the job be? What would the work be like? What would it give you back besides a paycheck? And by the way, what would the paycheck have in it? How much would the job pay? What would your accomplishments be on the job? I want you to visualize it because I think when we visualize things, we see maybe aspects we hadn't thought of before, both positive and negative. Oh, you know, I really thought I wanted to do X kind of work, but then I thought about it some more and I did a little research and I realized that's probably not the answer to my question. What do I really want to do? So I'm going to keep researching that. We're always moving forward. We're always seeking. It's not like there's one right answer that stays fixed, but I want you to think about that rather than feeling like my job uh, search at any moment is always going to be confined to the job that I think I can get. I don't think that's the right target. I would ask yourself instead what do I want to do and maybe I could get that job more readily more easily if I really had a clear sense of me in the job it's not just all about the qualifications on paper it's also how would you view the job how would you approach the job and there's a lot that you can do to kind of take on this question of how do I take control of my career how do I become CEO of my career So if you want some to do items, let me lay some to do items on you right now. First one, like I said, is to think about what do I want? The second one is to think about what pain do I solve for employers or clients? If I'm going to work for myself, what pain do I solve? Do I solve the pain of that our customers are leaving us and going to some other vendor? Do I solve the pain of employees don't understand how our health benefits work? Do I solve the pain of our systems are not keeping up with our company's growth or evolution and it's costing us time and money? What pain do I solve? You have to know what kind of pain you solve in order to brand yourself, in order to price yourself, right? In order to interview with confidence, you gotta know what kind of pain you relieve or eliminate for employers or clients. Then I want you to think about who has that kind of pain? the kind of pain that I solve. Who has that kind of pain? Maybe organizations might be individuals or couples or families, but who is it? What's the situation that creates that pain for them? Is it growth? Is it contraction? Is it when they have too many locations for the, the size of their management team really dig in like a business person. Even if you hate business, This is the time when it serves you to learn a little bit about it and step through that feeling of aversion or revulsion or whatever, and learn about it because this is how you empower yourself. Ask yourself, who has that pain? And by the way, what will they pay to relieve or eliminate that pain? Because that's how I get paid, right? Then ask yourself, so if I have an idea of what kind of job I want to do next, or maybe the job after that, or the job after that, you can have a short-term planning horizon, you can have a longer-term planning horizon, it's totally up to you, but if I kind of have an idea where I'm headed in my career, what do I need to get there? Is it experience I can acquire here at this job that I already have? How amazing would that be? What can I get from my current job that will help prepare me for the next job that I want? This is how you take control of your career is by getting altitude on it, getting up above the ground. That's how you do it. And the final question on our list is what can I get where I am now? Because that gives you an assignment, a mission at your current job. What can you get from this job that will help you in the next job? And help you get the next job. I doubt it's nothing. I doubt that there's nothing. A lot of times we don't ask that question and we work at a place and we leave the place and we say, Dang, I wish I would have collected more of the good stuff that was available at that last job, but I wasn't thinking about it. That's why I'm telling you to think about it right now. All right, I've got a question. Hi, Liz. I'm treated like the assistant manager in my department against my will. My manager has me train new employees and I like it. She has me create uh, policies and procedures, and she defers to me often and has me run meetings when she's not there. Here's the problem. The experienced employees in the department don't like me taking on these responsibilities. They don't understand it, and I am caught in the middle. I'm not trying to boss anyone around. This is my manager's decision. What should I do? That's such a good question. Casey. This question comes from Casey. Okay. Casey, so first of all, hats off to you that you're stepping into this breach, right? The manager doesn't have time, evidently, to do all the things a manager would often do. So they're giving you this, these extra responsibilities, training new employees, leading meetings, and so on, recreating procedures. All of that, Casey, all of it is going in your resume and your LinkedIn. Put it in there. You did it. Put it in there. You're a de facto assistant manager. Okay, great. So you got two issues potentially. The first one is you've got maybe some discord or for some bad feeling because not everybody is down with the fact that you're in this assistant manager role unofficially. And that's a real problem that has to be resolved. The other one is, is it cool for you to do this extra work? You didn't mention anything about getting paid for it. Um, maybe it's fine. Maybe you would like to be officially made the assistant manager. Maybe you would like to have your manager and other managers in your organization know that you have these talents and these abilities so you could be uh, a candidate for another management job that comes open. You got to think about what you want. Just like I said in the last little topic, you got to think about what you want. Because once you know what you want, then you can talk to your manager about it. Once you know what you want out of this de facto unofficial assistant manager gig you got to know what you want do you want to get promoted at some point Do you want to work toward that do you want to get a team leader or assistant manager or manager job in another department do you want to take all these new uh, pieces of resume fodder and go to another company you got to decide because if you decided you wanted to leave you wouldn't talk to your manager at all there would be no point but 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 if you decide you want to stay then you'll talk to your manager and say I kind of have some questions for you uh miranda we're going to call her miranda um first of all thank you for delegating these tasks and responsibilities to me because i I'm, i like it i like training the newcomers and i like answering their questions i like uh, creating procedures it's a very helpful way for me to organize my thinking around the way we get our work done and i like leading meetings but two issues uh, miranda and i could use your help so you're asking for help you're not complaining, but you're saying here's where I could use your help. Uh, because really, one could make the argument you could have said something already. But it's fine that you didn't because you're thinking, you know, working through this whole thing mentally. But now maybe you're ready to talk to Miranda. So you say, so the first one is, I would just like to get um, some clarity about your vision for me in this role. Is it a temporary thing because you're swamped, or is it is it are you developing me for management, or just what what are your thoughts about that and how this figures into my Existing job description and and also into my my compensation over the long medium and long term Especially if you don't have your performance review for a few months is a good time to prep Miranda I hope I'm getting a few bucks for taking on this assistant manager thing that would only be reasonable But the other thing is Miranda um, Once I get a clearer sense of how you view me in this role Is it temporary? Is it a longer term thing? I would like to talk with you and construct some kind of communication plan because people in the department are confused and some of them are not super comfortable and have indicated that to me in various ways just everything from outright comments to body language to eye rolls and so on and i don't even blame them because they never heard that i was promoted but they see me taking on all these quasi management responsibilities and i don't blame them for feeling a little bit out of sorts with that like why why is casey doing this stuff you know and, and I think it warrants a conversation, certainly between you and me, and over time, you know, with the rest of the department. So let me know your thoughts about that, Miranda. That's how I would address it, Casey. But you rock. You're amazing. And hats off to you for stepping into, you know, that new, that new uh, adventure. All right. So, Liz, how do I prepare for my performance review? You could have your performance review coming up. A lot of people do. Here's a quick... Uh, Guide to preparing for your performance review your annual performance review First one is to write down. What were your goals this time last year at your last performance review? What were those goals because you're gonna need to be able to say how you did against those goals? Right, you're gonna be able you have to track and say well last year I was expected to accomplish XYZ in the last 12 months and here's how I did and if there were obstacles You're gonna talk about those Probably your manager's aware what those obstacles were, but it doesn't help to remind them. And if there weren't obstacles or you were able to surmount those obstacles and rock all your goals and break through all the barriers, good for you. But you want to, that's A, number one, in preparing for your performance review. Number two, you want to list and be able to talk about your accomplishments. Some of your accomplishments during the year, your manager may be aware of and others they may be completely unaware of. You got to remind them. Most managers manage several people. They're not going to know all the stuff that you accomplish. You got to call it out in your performance review meeting or a document if you're expected to prepare a document. The third thing you're going to talk about, uh, in your performance review and be ready to discuss is learning. What did you learn in the past year? I learned a ton about this. I learned a software program. I learned to use an application. I learned this or that. I learned a lot about having a sales conversation, whatever it was. Capture your learning and share that with your manager. And then finally, be ready to talk about your plan for 2023 or your ideas for your plan that you and your manager will jointly construct. So it's a four point agenda your goals from last year and your progress on those goals, your accomplishments in the past year, your learning in the past year, and including tough learning. You know, this utterly failed and I learned not to do it that way the next time, right? And then finally, your plan or your ideas for your plan for 2023. Good luck with your performance review. All right. That's it for our podcast. Topics I always want to remind you that if you could use help with your career, if you're in a job search, career transition, you want to get promoted at your current job or you just want to look at the outside world because you're not sure whether you're in the right place over the medium and long term, get into our career coach directory which is at humanworkplace.com slash directory that's our career coach directory I worked with these coaches they're awesome and every single one of them can help you manage your transition do the exact same kind of work that I talk about on this podcast looking at where you are and where you want to be and what it takes to get there and zeroing in on a, on a sweet spot in your career direction, branding yourself to get there, figuring out who has the kind of pain you solve and what you can get paid for solving that pain, reaching out, interviewing with confidence, really feeling good about yourself. This is what our coaches do with their clients. So check out the directory. There's a contact form under each coach's bio, and you can just reach out to them. Say, hey, I'd like to have a, conversation and they will have a conversation with you talk about whether career coaching is something good for you to do. And you if you are looking at your own life and career path and journey and thinking maybe you'd like to work for yourself have your own business you could become a career coach. i am be super happy to help you do that and join our career coaches teaching and coaching the human workplace curriculum and mindset so. That's an opportunity as well. You could drop a note either in my LinkedIn inbox about that if you are on LinkedIn or write to us at support@humanworkplace.com. At Follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Have an amazing week and I will talk to you soon.